1: And together they are. Oh my God! Don't read it out loud. Don't read it out. Gate of darkness. Officially, it's October. My pumpkin spice floodgates opened today. <gasps> Yours had already opened. I know that, but today, with the first of the month, I said now is the time.
0: Oh, you had to. You had to wait till. it it was technically advent calendar season you couldn't you were not allowing it in in september
1: no i had the coffee the pumpkin spice coffee (gasps) on my counter and i waited until october
0: 1st you just were looking at it i love this
1: i love this commitment you've had the coffee oh yeah i had a lot of coffee today
0: oh you've had a lot of coffee just guzzling buckets
1: well, yeah, I was like, fuck yeah, it's pumpkin spice time. And so I had some, and then I was like, I want more.
0: Like Kirsten Dunst in the interview with the vampires.
1: Uh, sure. So I want more. Ew.
0: <laughs> what? I didn't like
1: that. <laughs> no. no.
0: <laughs> I guess she doesn't say it like that, to be fair.
1: Thanks, everybody, for your anniversary salutations last week. Oh, that was really
0: sweet. So, okay, so that four years, does that mean that we are now in the, the era of season four of Gaylords of Darkness? Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> we got to figure out what we do for sweeps. Who dies this season? Oh, sure. Who's the new villain? Who well well Halloween bangs part two I guess yeah
1: absolutely oh god that's coming up soon
0: that's like it's like next week practically
1: yeah I don't think I'm mentally prepared yet
0: Mikey on the social media Mikey said that Lindsay runs the bar in this one are they eavesdropping on our show no that's like you know like when you when you know like how I don't know human beings are really good at censoring ourselves. And being like, I am special. God, the universe made this for me. You know that kind of thing. But I'm like, I'm beginning to have these magical feelings where I'm like, Are they actually listening to Gaylords of Darkness? <laughs> <I know.
1: laughs> but only when they, they only listen to us regarding Lindsay Wallace. Nothing yes. about like the story or Lori or any of that. But they're like, you know what? These two homos know what is up with Lindsay. Let's take all of their suggestions. <laughs>
0: It's like, well, yeah, because for everything else, they just repurpose different aspects of uh, the the shittier Halloween sequels, right? And they just rearrange it, like, like in the new trailer, how the kids wandering through, and Michael's just living underground, like he is at the beginning of Halloween Five. Like they just they just repurpose things, and so they just like I think Danny McBride just it's like he opens a book, he points and he he points to a page, and he says, "Oh, Michael lives underground now." Okay. But then, yeah, for Lindsay, they're like, we don't know how to write a woman, let alone a person from Real Housewives. So <laughs> let's just default to what these gays are saying. It's exactly that. Because why else is she gay? Why does she have bangs? Why does she run a bar? Why, why is, she... is she there in the first place? Why is she there in the first place? Why is she a goth witch with a nose ring and flannel? <laughs> yeah. And a um... 90-year-old girlfriend? <laughs> like... <laughs>
1: Oh, now I can't wait to see it. Uh, but I can because I know it's gonna be so bad. But like,
0: I I don't know. Like, what if she isn't even in? Like, what if she's just in a scene and then they just write her out and she doesn't die again? Then do we love it?
1: Well, then I'll <laughs> say, God, I hope they do a fourth.
0: <laughs> well, that's my next question. Is like because we all know that they have that clause that Michael can't die in a Halloween movie. So what are they going to do after this? Because it's not the end. So like, you know, in two years, there'll be another fucking goddamn Michael Myers movie. And I'm just, I'm so curious what the hell it's going to be. Unless at the end, Jamie Lee Curtis puts on the mask.
1: Mm, Wow, that'd be a twist, wouldn't it? Oh my God.
0: Jamie Lee would say, wow, it's about trauma. It's wow. Wow. It's cyclical. It's cyclical. See, now she's the killer.
1: We all have that to look forward to.
0: Yeah. October is just rich with surprises and and mirth and merriment and terrible movies with great bangs.
1: So I said to Anthony when we were trying to decide what we're going to do this week, I said, you know, I think it was the October vibes in the air that I could feel and all of it. I said, I've been feeling Vincent Price. Yeah. So what are we going to do? so many movies to choose from i said why not monster club i haven't i don't know when the fucking last time i saw monster club i cannot remember it had been several hot minutes it was a corny ass movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's i love that so like you wanted to do a vincent Price film So you chose the one where Vincent Price is in three minutes of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I know. It is a super corny movie. It is from one of horror's most perfect years, 1981. Oh, yeah. But also it is kind of a perfect October movie for as corny and at times insufferable as this movie is. Yeah. It feels like it's a good October
0: Yes, it's a, this is the thing is that there's the autumnal cozy sweater, right? And this is very much an autumnal cozy sweater. It's like what people are trying, desperately trying to attribute to the Rob Zombie monsters right now. Where they're like, it has bright colors and arguably a vampire in it. I feel like it's Halloween now because I'm watching this. (laughs) It's kind of like that, but I feel like this is a little bit more classic and a little bit more uh, joyful and charming it's charming
1: it is charming i it's an anthology film and uh, god i love anthology movies i Ugh. really do especially anthology movies of yore where they had like they were always a little corny like mm-hmm. the 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 portmanteau story was always really super cheesy but i just i don't know i have such a soft spot for anthologies
0: well and especially at this time of year right like what? What better way to dial in? And like, it's it's like sitting around a campfire and being regaled with scary stories.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the musical numbers. There are several full-length musical numbers because the Monster Club is legitimately a club, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's the spooky British, most likely cantina <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with even worse masks.
1: Oh my god. Okay. So Vincent. Pre- so John Carradine... Who, let's be real, was 89 years old his entire life. Yeah, right? Like, I feel like he came out of his mother as an 89-year-old man.
0: (laughs) Not even Benjamin Buttons. Like, he didn't age backwards then to become baby. He just was always old.
1: Yeah, like, I can't picture him as a young person. And I don't want to, quite frankly. But he's always, like, he's got those arthritic knuckles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just John Carradine, and I love it. I love him a lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so he's a, hor- a horror author who's out minding his own business. Uh, he's out minding his business. He gets bit by a vampire, Vincent Price.
0: He's a very polite vampire.
1: Yeah, they're very, and a very polite vampire victim. Uh, Vincent Price is like, hey, I know how I can pay you back for biting you what if I take you to this club where I hang out because you're a horror author and so you'll get a lot of great story ideas. (laughs) And so they go on this kind of gay date together. Thank you. They go to the club and when they show the people dancing at the club (laughs) and it looks like the Don Post factory floor. (laughs) Because they're all, and you say, are they supposed to be monsters or are they supposed to be people in masks? Because they don't remotely look like actual creatures.
0: They aren't, it's not even a question, like, are, effects makeup? No. Shitty Halloween mask? Yes.
1: It's just that page from the back of Starlog magazine back in the day. Oh, wow. They just ordered, well, Starlog and, like, Fangoria, they all had that same advertisement for masks you know what i mean and so it was like they just ordered the entire grid of masks and that was the costume department (laughs) for the monster club
0: (laughs) oh no our makeup artist died quick go to that magazine order all those masks in the back
1: and so then we're treated to some tales because there's this poster on the wall and this was a curious sensation that i had while watching this movie is there's the poster of the like monster genealogy yeah that Vincent Price goes into great detail explaining right you have your vampire your werewolf and your ghoul which is like a zombie and then it's like okay if these two fuck this is what will come out if these two fuck this is what will come out <laughs> it's like where vamp ghoul
0: vamp like you know it's just well and when some it... of them get fucking when it's like sham doc, and i'm like not neither of those words <laughs> yeah Th- there is neither the, the word vampire werewolf or ghoul are nowhere in the word sham doc. <laughs> or a hum which i mean is a, a human ghoul, but a hum it's just like it gets bonkers it's so
1: stupid But there is something about that poster image, and Monster Club is not a movie that I recall having seen so many times. Like, I've seen it maybe a couple of times, once or twice when I was a youth. But there is something about that poster that immediately gave me this weird sensation somewhere in between an actual concrete memory and deja vu. And I cannot explain it that I was like, oh my God, yes, that poster. I remember it, but I don't know from where I'm remembering it.
2: Hmm.
1: And I'm not explaining it well, and it doesn't sound interesting at all. But I have been fixated on it because I'm like, where is my main memory of that poster image? Because it's not from the movie.
0: So perhaps that was something that could have been utilized somewhere else or that you've seen that you became more aware of it through that means first
1: yeah i'm like did i see it in an issue of famous monsters or something when i was a kid
0: it could be well okay so here's the thing so for me it remind it just for me it just reminds me of um prometheus <laughs> and like if you if you have the sex after you've had the alien goo put in your eye then you give birth to a squid but if the squid puts its tentacles on you then it gives birth to the pointy head alien guy but then if the give if you put the squid in the engineer then that gives birth to a, a xenomorph but that you know that thing um but then looking into this, I think there, I, I had to look up, because there are these there's these really fucking lit-ass, wicked illustrations that show up in the third story in this film, uh, that were, ve- they're very Bernie Wrightson adjacent.
1: Yeah, I wrote down, well, I thought it was Bernie Wrightson, because it is so Bernie Wrightson.
0: It's absolutely that style, right? Yeah. But it's not Bernie Wrightson. No. I look it up and it was um, John Bolton or Jim Bolton, John Bolton, who is a comic book illustrator and, and designer and artist. And apparently, uh, so he was commissioned to make those images for the film. But then in promoting the movie, like leading up to the film, I guess they made a mini comic that they serialized some of these stories into this little comic that he illustrated. And then that got distributed to advertise the movie so maybe a baby stacy saw this comic somewhere perhaps i don't know maybe but also like those images on that poster like that illustration style is also very just evocative of that kind of ec comics uh, bernie wrightson that kind of era of horror comics so it could just be very evocative of it
1: I don't know. I mean, I know my mom had a huge collection of famous monsters and stuff. It really could have come from that. So I'm I'm literally gonna like, research and see like, what did famous monsters write about the monster club and see because there's just something about that poster image.
0: Because I could totally see, as part of, like, just trying to get the word out, like, look at the wacky kinds of creatures you'll encounter in the Monster Club. Because, I mean, they would po- obviously they would want to share that instead of a picture of, like, some British person, some pasty fucking British person wearing a <laughs> shitty ghoul mask. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So we get the story. There's three stories uh, in this movie. And, like I said, plenty of full-length musical numbers that just wear out their welcome for me
0: except for one i would argue with the the
1: striptease yeah Yeah. i think it's
0: the best part of the whole movie (laughs) that singer is so she is so fucking cool yeah she's cool it's that weird
1: very early 80s like i said this movie's 81 so it's like it's in between punk and new wave yeah. So the aesthetics were just, like, big hair and eyeshadow? Yeah. Uh, so it's real cool.
0: The god, like, the, there's the songs that, you're absolutely right, they go on forever. The two men, male vocalists, are obnoxious. They're fucking weird. They have to, like, resort to, like, weird gimmicks and how they present themselves to sing these songs effectively. <laughs> but then you get her, and she's just like, I know who I am. And I'm fucking cool. And she kills it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All of them. I just said, we could have used one minute of this. That's true. And, and dedicated all of this other time to maybe a fourth story.
0: Stacey, what about an anthology film calls for actual <laughs> horror stories that are fleshed out?
1: My bad.
0: That don't just rely on people saying, oh, the hum
1: gooey booby doop, doop or whatever. <laughs> yeah it's it's a weird movie because i'm like it's i'm not sure who the target audience is yeah because the club parts like masks aside like there is the striptease and do you know what i mean like there's weird stuff that feels adult oriented and the stories are kind of adult oriented but then it also has this vibe that makes it feel like it's aimed at kids so it does
0: yeah it does feel like a kids movie
1: it's really weird, right? A,
0: but if your kid is a repressed British adult. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like.
1: Brahms. So if your child yes! is Brahms.
0: <laughs> if you have a butthole mouth and occasionally shoot moths out of it. There
1: you go. <laughs> so the first story is about a shad mock. Which is something made up for this movie, right? Like, is that a monster? That <laughs> no, that's not a thing. Or, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know every monster, it, but it could be because British people are fucking weird, you know. Uh, so Shadmock kind of looks. He reminds me of Stephen Van Zandt from his role in The Sopranos. Which someone out there understands. (laughs) He just, it's like, what is he? I don't remember where he falls on the, he's at the bottom of the genealogy poster. He's got dark circles and a terrible haircut. And if he whistles, you catch on fire or something.
0: You melt.
1: (laughs) You melt, which is cool. But like, he's really insecure to be around people. So he hires this woman and then he immediately starts hitting on her. And, like, you feel bad because he's just lonely or whatever. But then it's like, you hired her to do a job. Just let her do her job, even though she's a criminal who's only there to scope out the place so that she and her awful boyfriend can rob the guy. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't a thing where they fell in love or whatever. It's like she gets hired, and he immediately is giving her flowers and is like, You're beautiful. You, could you, you could love, love me? me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like could you love me what if we got married yeah i also love that
0: i love that like the first time she sees him there's like this abject horror like she can't comprehend what she's seeing like he is an actual monster but he literally is just kind of ugly
1: (laughs) he literally just has dark circles and a bad haircut yeah he has a bad
0: haircut (laughs) like that's it She's like, he's horrible and terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, like it's full on, like, who is, what is this gothic pairing with the beast? Yeah. But he's just a, he's just kind of an ugly nerd. (laughs) That's it. But yeah, you're right. He does immediately settle into like, well, let's get married. (laughs) Yeah. I, soon my pigeons will love you too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'm like, man, she really just wants to do her secretary job. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: But how oh, you deserve beautiful flowers, <laughs> oh, but she feels bad for him because she's like, well, my boyfriend wants me to exploit this and blah blah blah. And I guess I do want the money and that stuff. I want whatever's in that safe. But ugh, but the guy's ugly. But oh, well, I feel bad for him. His only friends are pigeons. She's trapped between two horrible men. Yeah, she is.
1: And she goes along with the one with the marginally better haircut. <laughs> She ends up robbing the Shadmock and then he whistles at her. And then there's a cool ending where she's like all melted and but she goes home anyway.
0: She's melted and for some reason her voice is pre recorded.
1: <laughs> well her mouth is gone.
0: Oh right. Right. Her
1: mouth has gone. But she still had all her clothes on. And hair and hair and she went all the way home somehow like, from the guy's house
0: <laughs> i didn't because uh, the cat the, oh and let's talk about cat actors and how adorable they can be this is a very adorable mr kitty in this film that kills and eats the pigeon but uh the cat gets fully melted into melted cat shape And then she, yeah, she just gets face melted, but still is somehow able to continue with her life (laughs) and come home and stand in a corner menacingly.
1: Yeah, she stands there, Blair Witch style, (laughs) facing the wall. And then her boyfriend is like, did you rob the guy or not? And then she's like, you can still love me. And she's just melted face. And it's really cool. (laughs) But under the slightest whiff of scrutiny, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah did she like drive herself home she doesn't even have eyes anymore did she get on the
0: tube
1: yeah she got on the tube <laughs> and then uh, uh
0: uh ma'am
1: <laughs> mommy that lady's melted <laughs> i don't know but the end is really cool but yeah yeah and then you know then it's time for another musical number yep Okay, fine. Then we get the second story, which is that's the one thing about anthologies, is they always have to have the quote unquote funny story.
0: Mm-hmm. Little quirky quirks.
1: The little quirky quirks. And it's like this story is so stupid <laughs> And yet when vampire Donald Pleasance shows up
0: I love it with his like corn teeth. Yeah, <laughs> I love vampire corn teeth. Oh yeah. What better vibe is there than a vampire corn tooth?
1: Only a possessed corn tooth is really yes. <laughs> so
0: uh, so this is like
1: the uh, British family. The mom is Britt Britt Ackland.
0: Hell yeah, from fucking Wicker Man. From
1: the Wicker Man. The dad is Richard Johnson from The Haunting. That was him? What? Yeah, his filmography is so massive and interesting, and clearly he would just do anything. He just made movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's the dad, and the kid doesn't know that his father's a vampire, and then Donald Pleasance is like the Buffy of the Vampire Slayer, basically.
0: <laughs> That's the reboot nobody expected.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Donald Pleasance heads up the government branch of vampire slayers. They've been tracking Richard Johnson. They find him. They try to kill him. They drive a stake through his heart, and then Richard Johnson bites Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance turns into a vampire. He gets killed, and then Richard Johnson is like, "I had on my stake-proof vest." <laughs> <laughs> And you say, what are you doing with your life, Stacey? <laughs>
0: <laughs> she wanted to watch a Vincent surprise movie.
1: She wanted to watch a Vincent surprise movie.
0: Oh, I love it. I love this middle, this sequence. I think this is my, besides the stripper, this is my favorite part of the movie because it's just so stupid. How, how does, how does a steak, I want to know how a steak proof vest works because the steak has to go into it. Does he just have a completely concave
1: chest? It makes no sense. It That's makes incredible. it makes no sense. It makes less sense than the melted woman.
0: It's incredible, but I mean, it's all worth it to see de- the funeral procession of dead Donald Pleasants with the the Haiti the the Karen Caron <laughs> coins on his eyes and his corn teeth sticking out of his <laughs> mouth. <laughs> And then, like, that little comedic funeral waltz that we hear as the guys can't get the gate open, so they keep kicking it open. (laughs) It's just so stupid. It's really stupid. Which then, yes, who is the audience?
1: But then we get, and then you get another musical number. We get the third story, which is my favorite, and I found myself, I got a little bit creeped out in spite of myself.
0: Yeah. I couldn't help it. Yeah. Yeah, This I would say this one is actually the creepiest one of them all. Ghouls are spooky, especially when you have a whole village of them trapping you inside a building trying to eat you.
1: I don't know. I was into it. Stuart Whitman. Stuart Whitman, first of all. Educate I me. I love Stuart Whitman. Uh, What have we covered that he was in? Eaten Alive. He was in Eaten Alive. He was the sheriff. Oh, um, he's one of those character actors who has a resume as long as, like, ten arms, was on every TV show ever in existence. Uh, he was in Night of the Lepus. Oh my god. Just one of those great character actors that I love.
0: One amongst the, from descended from the sampler Whitmans.
1: Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um... <laughs> uh, so he's a movie director who goes scouting for a location for his horror movie he's out driving around and he drives through this mysterious fog bank and ends up in this dilapidated looking tiny 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 village only it's still inhabited by ghouls and I don't know he's like talking to the ghoul innkeeper i don't know who he is but he's talking to this guy and then he turns around and there's like all these people there all of a sudden all these ghouls surrounding him and i got creeped out there's big like dead and buried vibes in this story yes um love dead and buried
0: it's a perfect film is it not
1: it's a great fucking movie and so they want to eat him (laughs) the elders are coming and when the elders arrive they're going to eat him so he finds the one ghoul who's still kind of hot you know she's a
0: hume ghoul (laughs) which just means she kind of talks like yoda every now and then
1: (laughs) (laughs) or or like uh one of the like i don't know vietnamese woman in rambo you know like me not know what yes you know
0: um, uh, absolutely that
1: Oh boy. So they, like, the, the ghouls have dug up everybody in the cemetery and eaten them. That's really gross. And all their clothes are from all the dead bodies. And I don't know. I just found this one's really, really creepy. And yeah, the ending is really dumb. But he gets away. He's going to bring the Hume ghoul with him and they're going to escape because apparently ghouls are afraid of a cross, except for all the cross shaped headstones in the cemetery. Those are fine. Yeah. That... But... <laughs>
0: that they're actively digging up and yeah yeah that doesn't make any sense
1: and so they escape they find the fog bag they're about to get through it and then the ghouls throw a rock and hit the hume ghoul in the head and she's like me die now (laughs) 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 and so she does uh and then Stuart whitman gets away and he flags down a police car but wouldn't you know it this police car is the escort for the ghoul elders which makes no sense
0: oh wow
1: but you know it's a twist ending so they drive him back to the village to be eaten classic Classic twist. M shit. M Night Shyamalan wishes.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just like in House of a Thousand Corpses when Dana Fairbanks from the L word escapes the Firefly family and then she gets into the car driven by Captain spaulding and he takes her back.
1: But uh, there's another movie where that happens. I mean, there's a million movies where that. There's
0: happens. a million movies, but that is that is one of them. <laughs>
1: I'm thinking of one in particular, though. I'm thinking of. I mean it's Texas chainsaw massacre when she gets to the gas station and then it's yep and then she gets smacked with a broom and he drags her back to the house anytime they think they're safe and then they're not safe. Yeah. Here it makes very little sense for the police to be escorting the elders for some reason.
0: Well we always give the elders a police escort.
1: Yeah <laughs> yeah. I guess the ghouls have infiltrated uh, the upper echelons.
0: Yeah, they're the one percent, and you can tell by the rags that they wear and the corpses that they eat,
1: <laughs> and the rundown building that they live in. And why are they in charge? <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. They look like garbage. Where are they when they're not in their village?
0: Huh? Yeah, they—they're not running the world of finance.
1: No, oh, they're at their timeshare. <laughs> Eating island corpses, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. It's very weird. Mm -hmm. Again, any of these stories, any kind of scrutinizing, they just fall apart like a house of cards. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Yeah. (laughs) That's
0: it. Well, and then Vincent Price delivers a chilling monologue about how humans are the most monstrous of all creatures. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that finger pointed back at yourself, hmm?
1: I did. It was like I was watching a George Romero movie. I said, oh my god, who's the monster now. <laughs> But he's arguing that John Carradine should be allowed to join the monster club. And everybody's like, no, he's not wearing a shitty mask. He, he doesn't have teeth that you can't hear him talk through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I will say that instead of just being like, oh, monster, I mean, humans are terrible people and just as bad as the monsters. He really gets into it. He's like, humans have extermination camps.
0: Yeah. Oh, they did. They did not. They went all in, and I was like, oh my, you know what, humans are terrible, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, but that also, it was kind of a testament to just the joy of watching, um, oh my god, Christopher watching Vincent Price do anything, right? Is that he delivers it with such glee, but like when the word extermination camp comes up, it's like really fucked up. But he says it with such glee, and the monsters are like, ooh, ooh, that it is kind of a nice slap in the face.
1: (laughs) It is, yeah. Extermination camps and atomic bombs, and it wasn't just like, oh, humans fight each other all the time. It's like, oh, no, they're going into what was fairly recent history at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, when you realize, oh, wait, society is the nice veneer we put on top of everything that actually defines us, which is conquest and destruction and death and pain.
1: So I think it was like a kind of a simplistic message, but I think it was delivered in a way that was like, that didn't hold any punches at the same time. Yeah. Which again is like, who is this? Who's the audience for this movie?
0: Well, especially because (laughs) you, you get that moment and it's very impactful and also presented in a way that is counter to what the message is. And then and then they say, "Okay, let's party." And they put on <laughs> reggae. And then you be 40
1: kicks in. You're <laughs> like, "What? You be 40s in this? Like so what?"
0: So weird. It's so strange. And everyone everyone in their shitty ass wigs and masks just all dance.
1: They all get down.
0: <laughs> and you're left saying, oh, oh What? What? Huh?" <laughs>
1: Did I imagine this movie?
0: It's gotta be drugs, right? It's the confluence of Britishisms and drugs. Could be. They were like, those masks, they look so good.
1: <laughs> Do I, even though I say this is like a kind of a perfect ho- October slash Halloween watch, I don't even know if I actually recommend it. I, mm,
0: it's good background i think it's good background it's good vibes like say we were to say we were to curate like when we a couple years ago we did our halloween party playlists and like what's the thing you have in the background as people are coming in that like you're not really dialing into but it's just there to like set tone and vibe like monster Club, absolutely monster club right
1: yeah 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 yes
0: you don't sound convinced
2: (laughs) no i do
1: no i think that's that's i think that's appropriate
0: but like that might be the the length of your recommendation
1: i think so although i did really love the third story yeah i mean i i enjoyed the whole thing with the exception of the musical numbers which were just too much for me well Uh, that's
0: fair because they keep happening
1: They really do. And it's just the whole song. And songs can be, I mean, like three minutes doesn't sound like a lot until you have to watch it.
0: Well, when it is, well, and that's, I think that's the power of the stripper and the, the cartoon burlesque sequence that it's set to and the, the, the the, uh, talent of that singer of Stevie Van versus like the, I'm thinking particularly of the other two musical numbers with the dudes And it's just, like, one shot pointed at their man face as they just, like, disassociate or are afraid to look at the camera and, like, shake or do weird shit.
1: Which is really an interesting choice. This is directed by Roy Wardbaker, who, yeah, I mean, you can't really go... Even with everything I've said about this movie, you can't go wrong with Roy Wardbaker. He did a lot of the great... Old anthology movies. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of Amicus movies. Um, Asylum, which also has Britt Eklund in it and oh. is really weird. Vault of Horror. Oh, uh, yeah. He did Vampire Lovers. Like, he's just one of those British directors that I really dig, you know? So it's kind of surprising that, yeah, for one of the musical numbers in particular, it's literally just a close-up on this dude's face for, like, three minutes.
0: And you're like, is he drooling? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, sure, put it on in the background. Watch the third yeah. story.
0: Yeah. Well, that's I think that's part of the joy of Anthal... Is it the joy? Well, but that's that's, you know, that's kind of the thing that happens with anthologies, too. There's always the one you can't stand... There's the weird, stupid, funny one. There's the one you love. Well, except for Creepshow, those are all great.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Creepshow is I think the only anthology movie where it's like, yes, I have my favorites, but also like I mean, I could rank the stories in it. But also every story is a gem. I wouldn't cut any of them.
0: The stupid funny one is this is this Stephen Stephen King. King. Yeah. The best one is Well, would you say the best one's Father's Day or or the crate. <sighs> That's so tough. But it's those two, right? It's those two for sure.
1: But then the other two are great too. They're fucking great because you get babes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You get Ted Danson and, um, oh, my G- queen. Galen Ross. Galen Ross. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get all those cockroaches. Yeah. Uh, Cockroaches and that angry, incredibly angry, scary man. E.G. Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. So Creepshow's the exception, but every other anthology, there's always tricky parts that you have to navigate through.
1: So they, I mean, you know, whatever. Tis the season. Yeah. I'll, you know, I
0: I host a, this horror convention that I do all the time, traditionally. Uh, I usually host a queer horror panel. And this movie actually was the one that came up year after year. It's like, it was always the one that people in the audience wanted to talk about. And I had not seen it for years. Everyone would always say, Monster Club, it's the best. It's the best. It's the best. best. You'll love it. I sat down and watched it. I think during the pandemic, I watched it for the first time. And I said, huh. (laughs) I said, well, I really like that lady that sings. (laughs) And... And that was about as far as I went. But the, on the second watch, this was my second watch. I I really enjoyed it. I think it's charming. It's fucking weird as all hell. But as like oh, just a bonkers time capsule full of shitty masks and corn teeth. I thought it was enjoyable. Yeah. But it took me. It, I did have it took me a, a history to get there <laughs> as well.
1: I love the anthologies. I do too. Yeah.
0: What are besides creep show? What are your, some of your favorites?
1: Oh man.
0: Like, if I mean, you had to have a top three.
1: Dead of Night is really great. I mean, like, you know, the Asian ones. I mean, do you... Something like Three Extremes doesn't really feel like an anthology movie to me, even though it is, technically.
0: Yeah, those all feel like their own, like, mini-movies. But that Three Extremes doesn't have a wraparound, does it? And I think that's kind of an important thing in, like, a American or British anthology.
1: Yeah. I mean, Trilogy of Terror... Mm-hmm. If only for the last story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I love all the amicus stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of some more modern ones that I like. I loved horror stories, the Korean film. Oh, ooh, yeah. I don't know. Even modern ones I'll watch. Although I'm really, I don't know. I don't really get into the VHS movies. but.
0: Oh, yeah. You have a fraught history with those. Yeah,
1: they just don't really do it for me. But I haven't seen any of the newer ones, so maybe they will. I don't
0: know. I'll tell you right now, they won't. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I like, um, what do I like? I like, um, um... (laughs) (laughs) you know which one I actually really enjoyed was All Hallows' Eve.
1: I haven't seen that.
0: I really, really like All Hallows' Eve in terms of modern ones. I really like that one. And then that's the one that the art the clown came from. And then they made Terrifier, and I hated it. (laughs) And now they're making Terrifier 2, and everyone's like, you gotta see it! And I'm like, is it just murdering women violently for no reason? Over and over and over again? But the first All Hallows Eve is not that. I thought it was, like, just a good, solid, autumnal vibe. So, I would recommend that one, but not the Terrifiers.
1: Okay. People love Trick or Treat. Do you like
0: that one? Uh... I think that's a movie that's more, I think the love is rooted in production design. The I think as a movie, it just doesn't, it doesn't, I want to like it more than I do. Yeah, same. Wow. Well, Stacy. with all of that said, are you ready to uh, place your head on the chopping block? I think so.
1: I think so. No. Like, well, I no, mean, yes, yes, because what choice do I have, but.
0: Well, uh, do we have to do another awards show?
1: (laughs) We're not doing another 10-hour awards show, I can tell you that. Goodness gracious. (laughs) No, I just... uh, My brain... My chopping block brain is not here this week.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm, I have my, my newest, my 15th fucking booster flooding through my system and I can't <laughs> wait to see what happens. The chopping block.
1: What is it, Stacy? Do you know? Cause I don't. Yeah. It's a game show. Well, we're each presented with three categories of horror movie trivia. Each oh. category consists of five questions. You choose the category that you would like to, uh, you know, answer the questions. (laughs) Uh, You place your head on the chopping block. Our non-binary executioner, the heads they, approaches. Ready. Labrys held high, ready to chop your head off. You have ten seconds to answer each question. uh, Unless you cry out, I want the wig. In which case... I don't know, one of these fucking masks from Monster Club <laughs> appears on your head, and the head is like, is that supposed to be a monster? or It's clearly a mask. Like, what am I supposed to think here? But this earns you an extra, what, 10 seconds to answer that one question. If you get anything wrong, there goes your head, baby. If you get everything right, you will be lauded and celebrated for the rest of uh, the episode. Oh, wow. To an extent. I mean, we don't go crazy, but, you know, you get a congratulations.
0: We can't toot our own horns that much. No, 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 no. Let's be real. Yeah. Stacy, very well done. Oh, See, your, thanks. Your old thinker is working.
1: I was on autopilot. <laughs> We'll see.
0: Uh now the more troubling question is who's on first? I don't remember what the hell happened. Ever. Me
1: either. Me either.
0: Well in that case, how about we give your brain a rest? <laughs> we get you we let your brain get this out of the way first, and I'll ask you. Okay two new categories wow one returning category your returning category is whatever you do don't stop filming in Betamax, in which you have 50 seconds to name five found footage movies predating the year 2000 oh boy. okay just five of them that's all there are at least five your return your new categories are secretly kind of returning in that they are Chop Off the Old Block, Volume 1, which is a grab bag of random leftover horror trivia from all of those chop off, press off, spress spress questions that we had assembled for the gay ease.
1: Oh, dear.
0: So a bunch of random horror movie trivia. It's like, what is in here?
1: Nobody knows. It's just whatever came to the old thinker
0: in the le- in the minute before the show. Uh, your second new category is chop off the old block, volume two. That's right. Even more leftover horror trivia from the gays. So your categories are whatever you do, don't stop filming in Betamax or chop off the old block, volume one or volume two.
1: New. No. <laughs> I mean that is stretching that definition to the limit
0: yes it is that's fine
1: take it to the limit uh there's no fucking way I can do that first one I feel even under the best of circumstances it terrifies me uh, so I'll go with the middle category chop off the blocky
0: old. <coughs> <laughs> Volume two, is that the old, Is that, would that be the middle? No, that would be the one, right? Volume one. Yeah. All right. I think you're going to get these. I think you are. So uh, I ask, essentially what happens is I ask you a question and then you just tell me an answer. Yes. <laughs> there's no there's
1: unifying you... theme though.
0: No, no, there's no unifying theme. Well, there's are just questions easy. and answers about horror films. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. Well, horror film relate. Oh, they're, okay. You'll they understand. better be. There's not adjacent. There's one that you could argue is an adjacent. Well, let's get to oh it. Number God. one. Number one. Name the killer in Friday the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> Pamela Voorhees. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? Drew Barrymore died. That's right. Because she didn't get that right. That's right. Okay an easy mistake to is it an easy mistake to make not if you pay attention number two according to toast queen amy Steele, the original script for friday the 13th part three saw Ginny field practicing what martial art
1: jiu-jitsu ding 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 all right thank you very
0: much number three
1: there's a lot of martial arts and i don't know the difference
0: well the names. between them
1: besides the names i'm sure that they have differences i'm not interested in learning the differences i'm you just ca- saying that i don't currently know the differences
0: you don't care about styles or poses or stances
1: perhaps uh, it's got to do also with countries of origin
0: oh perhaps so. yes i believe that would be part of it
1: yeah anyway okay okay i just wanted to to make it known apparently she's got no she doesn't care yeah
0: (laughs) number three the line we're coming to get you barbara is spoken in what millennial era zombie movie
1: Shaun of the dead
0: ding 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 well done
1: that's a funny moment in that movie
0: they screaming at her on the phone, and everyone says, "Hey,, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> this is a good movie. That is. Remember when that came out and it was so refreshing? It um, really was. Very well done because it was actually like also a good zombie movie. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> all right. okay, look at you. Number four: Misery was adapted as a Broadway play in 2015. What? killer actress took over kathy bates iconic role of annie wilkes opposite bruce willis
1: i don't know how am i supposed to know leah michelle (laughs) (laughs) how am i supposed to know this
0: (laughs) i want to live in the world which leah michelle is annie wilkes she's racist she's a bully she can't read she's his number one fan
1: yeah. that'd be ironic casting giving her illiteracy
0: <laughs> she, just, she just likes to open the books right yeah she doesn't actually read them yeah I hope to God she really is illiterate. It's like the best rumor I've ever heard in my yes. life. I've,
1: apparently she's leaning into the joke now. So that's good. Really? Yes. Oh, well,
0: okay. Good for her. Yeah. She's an interesting person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the answer we were looking for, I guess there wasn't enough of a hint because I said what killer actress, but I guess that doesn't count because why would you think about Scream 2? Laurie Metcalf. Oh. Laurie Metcalf uh, played Annie Wilkes okay yeah
1: i could protest that question i feel Did but you, i won't
0: because it's a technically an adjacent.
1: sure how could i possibly know this
0: well then do you want to move on to question no. five
1: no i'm Are dead sure? and loving it <laughs> 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 much like uh, dracula okay well it's your turn Oh, no. Um. Do I have any new questions? I mean, categories? Well, I have one old one. One that is so embarrassing. I might as well just not even. <gasps> I mean, I, I guess it's new, but whatever. But I just, my brain w- could not work this week. It wasn't even like I'm trying to come up with stuff. Like, my brain just was checked the fuck out for this. <laughs> I so like I this. apologize to everybody in advance.
0: Like, I love this.
1: So your returning category is, to avoid fainting, keep repeating, it's only a tagline, in which I give you a famous horror movie tagline, you tell me, the name of the movie, your first new category. I couldn't even come up with a title. That's how bad.
0: This is the embarrassing one?
1: Yeah. There isn't
0: even a title.
1: (laughs) There isn't even a title. I mean, technically, I put a title. But the title is, You Have 50 Seconds to Name 5 Anthology Movies. (laughs) (laughs) Which also tells you what the category is all about. And that is so easy, and we just named so many anthology movies that I feel like you shouldn't even be allowed to pick that one. (laughs) That's the worst one ever. (laughs)
0: Because we did just name, like, seven.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And your other new category is the k-popping block because <gasps> i'm so proud of my playlist uh because it took me so long to make so i hope people enjoy it but in this one i this is does this work i don't know i give oh. you the name of a song that is on that playlist and you tell me uh, a movie that the title reminds you of
2: (laughs) what
1: yeah so like if you treat these let's say you treat these song titles as if they are the names of horror subgenres kind of like that shitty fucking cat that shitty category where i'm like name a slasher movie
0: yeah and the greatest of all time
1: yeah So it's kind of like that, except instead of saying name a slasher movie, I would give you a title that might remind you of a slasher movie.
0: Does that make sense? Yes, I have one follow-up question. Um, Only one? (laughs) Only one, believe it or not. Is there a correct answer?
1: I don't have any answers written down. so So because it's so broad, if I said name a slasher movie... How can I possibly have an answer written down? If you said Jaws, I would say, uh, I don't think so.
0: Oh, right.
1: It's kind of like that. So I think it's just I have to judge your answers as you gave them. Oh, I love this. It's experiential. Yes, exactly. It's like a living category. Oh. Oh. So, to evade, to evade pointing. <laughs> pointing. Keep repeating, it's only a tagline. <laughs> you have 50 seconds to name five anthology movies. And the K-pop block.
0: So I had my booster. What's your excuse? <laughs>
1: <And> too much <laughs> pumpkin spice. It's all that fucking coffee. It's all that coffee fried my fucking brain, apparently. <laughs> Completely short-circuited. Too much, see? Too much.
0: Too much, man. <laughs> too much of that um, spice. I. Love this. I have to go. I well, okay, because I have had Windflower by Mama Moo stuck in my head for like the last fucking month. Mm. I have to 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 place my head at the feet of the cape hopping block.
1: I see. The dramatic version of Windflower or the regular version of Windflower.
0: Actually it started out as the regular, but then I started listening to the the, the most recent album, The Hits.
1: Love that dramatic version. And then
0: it's been the dramatic.
1: Yeah. I just love that it's called the dramatic version.
0: Isn't it great? It's so
1: good. God, love them. Yeah, yeah. K-pop and block me. Okay. Alright, so I give you a title of a song that is on the playlist the K-pop and block and you give me the name of a movie that it reminds you of. Okay. Then it has to be within that subgenre. I think the subgenres will make themselves evident okay 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 all right so here we go number one silent movie
0: um the the phantom of the opera yes dig 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 oh oh see
1: what i'm doing here oh
0: so this isn't like you aren't gonna say high tension by mama moo when i say high tension (laughs)
1: No, but if I said High Tension, you could say, like, another new French extremity movie or something. Right. But I'm not naming specific movies. I'm naming stuff that's more genre-esque. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well done. Number two.
0: Lunatic. Maniac. Okay, sure. Ding, ding, ding. That was kind of more word association. Right, but it works. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Thank you. It's a great movie. Yeah, it is. It's a great song. Yeah, it is. Esther. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Esther. Okay, number three. Monster. Um,
0: uh, The Blob. Yes, ding, ding, ding. I was going to ask if the film Monster counts, but I'm like, I don't want to consider true crime horror, so I didn't. No,
1: no. Okay, number four. Look at you. Here we go. Here we go. Number four. This is fun.
0: Toddler. Oh! Oh! Um, It's Alive. Sure.
1: (laughs) 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 Toddler is one of the highlights of that playlist, I'm telling you. That's a great, great, great song. One of my favorite songs this year. Who does Toddler? Taeyang
0: right you were saying she's your favorite this yeah. year yeah yeah i gotta listen
1: it's real good
0: okay
1: all right and number five this one could be tough eclipse
0: gerald's game
1: sure ding 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 <laughs> we also would have accepted bloody birthday oh yeah because they were all born during the eclipse. Yeah. Or House of the Devil. That would have worked. They're going to the eclipse party. They're going to the eclipse party. What other <gasps> movies have eclipses?
0: Dolores Claiborne, because that's how it connects to Gerald's game.
1: <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> um. Oh, there's so many movies with eclipses. Yeah. It, are there?
1: Maybe. <laughs> I can't think of any others now yeah
0: Whew. wow
1: well that's why it was the fifth question you see yeah. but you did it you got it you got all of them oh my god oh my
0: god. i won you won congratulations oh, thank you thank you yay oh, I feel so excited and accomplished you should That's a fun category it is a fun category Hmm. i like that
1: since there's like 75 songs or something i could probably bring it back sometime
0: Oh, you should. And everyone should listen to the K-popping block. That's right. Especially if you've ever been curious when we talk about K-pop around these parts. I mean, this is the perfect gateway drug right here. It's a sampler. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Whitman dynasty.
1: I like a, uh, like the coconut ones. Or a vanilla. I like a vanilla cream.
0: Yeah, but you know, like 90% of them, you're like, why is it? Why is it? that like off strawberry (laughs) yeah yeah i just can't they're all just sugar they're just so many of them are trash
1: oh yeah sure well you don't buy a sampler. This is when someone has a sampler and says, Would you like a sample from the sampler? I say, Sure.
0: Oh yeah. Or like grandma will show up with it. Yeah. She'll usually bring that or like um the the buckets. You know, the weird commemorative uh tin with the popcorn the different kinds of popcorn.
1: Oh yeah. Or the <laughs> my grandmother used to do the the cherries.
0: Yeah, so oh, like
1: cello yeah. cherries or whatever.
0: Che- uh, che- wait, that's not a cherry cordial. The cherry
1: cordials, Cherry yeah.
0: cordials. Yeah. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. Grandmas know what's up. You know? They d-
0: ambrosia salad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love grandmas.
1: Yeah. Uh, well. Well, mm. we two grandmas. <laughs> <laughs> will return next week. With some other kind of uh, October fair.
0: Yeah, we're here all spooky, scary month, baby.
1: That's right. Um, If I may take a moment to say Shocktober is happening at
0: Final (gasps) Girl. Yes! Yes! There's, as of recording this, there's brand new wig-based content. (laughs) Yeah! I woke up first thing and I said it's October 1st and I went straight to Final Girl and I was so excited to see a post. Oh, Oh no, now people know when we recorded this.
1: Well, no, I said, we already said it was October 1st today, I think.
0: Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. I haven't doxed us. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. So every day I'll be posting something at Final Girl. Kind of spotlighting, like in the gay ease last week, we had the category best random characters. And I think that really struck a chord with me. And I said, I'd like to explore that further. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's nothing you're interested in in the slightest.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So all month I'm going to be talking about just random horror movie characters. Or characters, quote unquote.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's a loose interpretation of the word.
1: Yeah, Uh, but every day for Shocktober. That means 31 new Final
0: Girl posts this month.
1: That's right.
0: Oh, I'm so excited.
1: Listen, I'm not promising any kind of quality here, but uh, quantity. Sure.
0: It's. It feel. Does it not feel like Christmas? We have come off of. There's been so many movies coming out to watch. We have Halloween season here. You have all your pumpkin spice coffee. There's. Uh, Salt Lake has started airing. Potomac is like next week, essentially, or like the week that this airs
1: mama moo's coming back in less than two weeks
0: mama moo's coming back in less than two weeks and allegedly a world tour after that at some point uh and then we all have to suffer through halloween bangs like there's just riches everywhere and final girl my heart can't take it after two years of sitting doing nothing now there's stuff (laughs) to look at that's right can't wait well thanks for that
1: Sure. Listen, I'm still learning Korean. I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. Are career. you? I am, yeah. You feel good about it? I actually feel really good about it. Stacy, I'm so happy to hear this. I know, it's boring for people. but And it's like, here's my thing, is like sometimes I, I write things on my Insta stories and it feels really obnoxious, but also like I feel like I need to practice. And so when I can say something, like... Shocktober starts tomorrow, and I know how to say that. Like, I want to say it, so then I do.
0: That's what you just said?
1: I said Shocktober starts today. But yesterday on my Instagram, I posted Shocktober starts tomorrow. Oh, that's what you wrote? Yeah. Oh, say it again. <laughs> Hell yes. When I was at,
0: when I was at, um, I gave a presentation at my tribe's cultural center, and there were like we went around and introduced and talked to talked with each other and like shared one thing that we were really excited about that brings us joy and multiple multiple fucking queens in that room were talking about k dramas and how much they love k dramas and then i was talking with one of them who made me these gorgeous earrings that she gifted to carla and she was telling me how she was like i was like tell me more about the k dramas and so we we're talking about that for a little bit and then she's like she's like, I I keep watching them. And then I, I've like tried to learn the phrases. And now I talk to my cat in Korean and she was saying that she was so excited because she works for the tribe. And she's like, apparently there was a Korean delegation that came to visit the tribe that week. And, she was like, oh, God, can I say and She was like going back and forth over whether or not she should like try to say, throw in a Korean phrase and greeting them or meeting with them. <laughs> but she said when they were all leaving, everyone like bowed and said, thank you and goodbye. And then she was like, I'm doing it. And she did it, too. And she was so, she was so excited. And I was just like, God, love these queens, these, queen, <laughs> these queens that are just like that are dialing into the Korean vibe. So it's great
1: i love that yeah i love i'm so happy that you're loving it i it's like i'm starting to i can read now without it's it's an interesting sorry if this is boring for people you but it's a it? a really interesting phenomenon in the brain where it's like at first it's this alphabet that like makes no sense to you when you look at it but then when it does make sense like that moment where you kind of your brain crosses over and it makes complete sense looking at it and you can just read it yeah i love this yeah it's a really a strange thing that you can't i can't really describe very well
0: but well i feel like for so long you had been talking about like like with your instructor and these lessons and stuff you had been talking about like at what point do I not get stressed out over, like, when did the meaning switch? And how am I supposed to interpret this one phrase based on this, the way it's written versus the one slight change that completely shifts everything? And now you're feeling, you I'm hearing some confident.
1: I feel confident. I mean, I still have to look a lot of things up because it's, I mean, obviously, like, there's millions of words I don't know. But, like, and yes... I'm constantly doing, like, what's the difference between this word and this word? Because they have, like, four different words that mean or. And what's the context for it? Or what? Like, the word what, there's, like, four or five different ways to say what. And it all depends on the nuance and the context. Yeah. And so it's, like, we just, in English, we just say, like, what movie do you want to watch? Or, you know, like, what, what did you do yesterday? But in Korean, those are going to be two different words. Because one is, like... Do you know the options that someone had to choose from when you ask what movie they watched? Oh. Or do you not know the options they had to choose? Like, there's a lot of nuance in a lot of things. Yeah. But then again, the word for bean and soybean and pea is all the same word. So I'm oh like, my I'm... God, people. <laughs> terrible. I can't speak worth a shit. But, but I'm getting really good at, like, I recognize a lot of things now. Like, a lot of words.
0: What about K-pop? Like, listening to it?
1: Listening to it is really cool because a lot of things will jump out at me. Mm -hmm. But it's also, I mean, it's music. And so it'd be like trying to learn English. And then you're like, I'm going to listen to the Cocteau Twins. And it's like, well, that's not a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Because the way music can play with language and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But stuff does jump out. or, Or like watching, like solar from mamamoo like watching her youtube show and yeah. understanding what they're saying or like being able to read the korean subtitles that are on the screen or whatever it's like it feels really great
0: oh i love that i'm just so excited for you and also thinking about like how much this will enrich i mean well not just i mean your own brain and in uh your excitement over language but also like watching a korean horror movie you can like i mean revisiting an old one or, or you know hopefully some great new ones if we ever get to see like the new whispering corridors um if that ever comes out but like there's gonna be an ex- so many extra layers for you to watch the film and to understand and access contexts and i hope so do you feel do you feel that this has shifted i'm just so fascinated by language and like how it actually i, I think language it activates different parts of our brains and different ways of thinking, even though it's probably all based in the same part of the brain. But, like, does it shift how you look at English? Has this shifted how you look at English or anything? Or just communication in general for you? Or writing? or?
1: What it's made me realize is how much we all learn of our native languages just through existence. And not through... And not through book learning yes. or being told the definition. You know so much about grammar and vocab and all of this just by lived experience.
0: Well, it, yeah, that's more of a And then you, we use the language. A lot of people use the language more intuitively. Versus, like, I think that's a real challenge for me trying to be, like, be a writer (laughs) or, like, understand myself as a writer is, like, oh, I need to actually know how language functions and I just can't speak how I would speak.
1: So, or, like, words that you might not, like, if I was, like, what's the, what does this mean? Or if someone who didn't speak English asked, because I've asked, you know, the people here, like, what's the difference between this and this? Like, these both mean with but they're different. So why are they, when do you use this one versus this one? And they have trouble explaining it because it's just something intuitive that you understand as a native speaker, but it's hard to explain to someone else.
0: Because with versus with is a feeling in your heart.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. So all that kind of stuff is really fascinating to me. And I realize how much I know of the English language that I was never specifically taught. And it kind of I mean, it sounds like, you know, stoner philosophy, but it's like,
0: wow. No, it's incredible. I mean, that's just something that that's, I think that's something that's fascinated me about language since I was a kid is thinking about. And, and this is something I love about translation. I love tra- the idea of translation. Um Because uh, as someone that's obsessed with theater and so like I love Greek theater and I love I love, you know, like uh, Anne Carson and how Anne Carson has to translate a classical Greek text. But how do you convey it? It, it, Translation isn't actually because there's no such thing as like a one to one correspondence. Right. Like with romance languages. I mean, yes, there's there's a lot closer where things really do correspond. But like would you have to especially translation across time it's like well how do you convey a thing that was specific to people that had a completely different worldview so then how do you spiritually translate this so that it makes sense that you you then can evoke the feeling that was meant to be uh, evoked by the uh, the original text itself and that's just so exciting to me because it's it really shows just i don't know how different our brains are culturally or through conditioning or through language and how we form our understandings of the world and how rich it just shows how rich everything is uh and that's really exhilarating because it it, as a kid i'd be like i don't know you hear another language that you don't know and it's just you hear sounds that are unfamiliar but that they can be full of contexts and facts and ideas and thoughts and and you just have to figure out the access way to understand it is just cool. It's cool. Now, now I've gone full John Carpenter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I mean, it's so rarely, and actually it's funny you say that because I'm, uh, signed up for this translation class, which is actually like Chinese translations, but it's more about the essence of like, how do you translate? Like if you want to become a translator, mm how do you capture the essence of the original language? You know, like, what are all the intricacies of doing it? And um, blah, blah, blah. I just figured that'll help understanding these films. and You know, like, and all that kind of stuff. But, like, so rarely are things a one-to-one translation.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, literal translation doesn't work.
1: It doesn't work.
0: Yeah, and that's just mind-boggling to me. So that, no, but that, isn't that the most exciting thing about it? It
1: is, yeah.
0: Where it's like how, that's what I, I think, why I love Anne Carson so much. I mean, besides the fact that she's a brilliant poet and writer, blah, 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 But it's like, it's, it translation is literally, because there is language, which is just a, it's, language is almost a science, I think. It's, there are rules, there are laws, you follow them. But translation, it's, it's kind of an art. There's a little bit more artfulness to it, I think because it's about how do you convey which isn't literal
1: you have to understand the tone and the cadence and the style of the author the original author and be like i don't think i think you could know a language front and back and not be able to translate in a literary fashion like Absolutely. i think you you have to also be a writer to be able to do that
0: yes yes absolutely
1: but also not just completely put yourself into it mm-hmm. at the same time i mean i've read plenty of translated literature that feels really dry oh yeah like it's probably because of the translator
0: well i mean it's like if you wanna i mean okay okay fag right uh, greek theater greek any greek anything <laughs> like you'll read the stuff that was translated by some boring ass white guy a hundred years ago and it's a slog to get through.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: doesn't mean anything to you. You're not making any kind of connections, but you'll read or, or like even, um, uh, like Genet, like, uh, some, someone who's a dramatist who was writing much more recently, but you'll read like the safe, um, very desexualized translations from the French from like a fifties stuffy academic in the United States. Versus if you lead a, read a current translation from somebody that really wants to convey, like, just the rock ness of the original text, it's completely different. And you're like, this is fresh and alive, and I'm getting things from it. And it's so cool!
1: <laughs> and it's, it can also be dangerous if the translator—I mean, it's, I think this is probably more true historically, but, like, what's the agenda? of the translator or the person who's commissioning the translation.
0: Oh, and how could that be dangerous? You know. I mean, let's look at <laughs> erasure, you yeah. know, all of that. Yeah. Like... Or what about, mm, what about the Bible and what happens when you say yeah. something? <laughs> That was written in Aramaic or Coptic, and then you translate that into um, English.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then,
0: and then And then you go off of what, like, what King James approved, and then you translate that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, oh, oh, we're supposed to kill all the gay people, and, and this is what I do if my house gets leprosy. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating.
0: What do you see... Do you still, would you still down the line if like, I mean, short term forecast and long term forecast, would you see yourself continuing on in the realm of like a hobbyist or do you see an application? Do you, what, where do you feel with that?
1: I don't know if there would be a professional application at all, or if it would just enhance what I already do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to be, I mean, I want to keep, like, there's, can study for the rest of my life, you know what I mean? And I would love to keep going with it and just be able to tackle more complex ideas and language and all of that, uh, which is years and years and years away. But I think to be able to like watch a movie and understand it in its native language and then be able to write about it and interpret it not even like write about it in korean necessarily but like write about it in english but not be going on the subtitles which are going to be one person's translation and are also going to be simplified because it's a movie and they need to convey a lot of information as simply as possible yeah and as quickly as possible, but to be able to really just listen to it and just watch the movie and interpret it and understand it that way I think would probably be my ultimate goal. And that's mostly for my own personal edification.
0: Yeah. I get that. I've, I I uh, will oh, watch a lot of anime around these parts. And <laughs> sometimes with the more funny ones, I'll actually watch the dubs. Um... Because the humor comes through more than like just in what you're reading in translated text on the subtitles. But then, because Mama might be a little bit high, she has the subtitles on too, so that I can follow along a little bit better. Um, But it's so funny how often the dubs and the subtitles are completely disparate. Where you're like, okay, wait, there is information that somebody is making up here. (laughs) And I am uncomfortable by not knowing so that's, that's really interesting. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, I love the idea of this just, you know, being something you love that also enhances, uh, how you look at these things and write about them or think about them, but also just the, the entrepreneur, the Gaylord's entrepreneur in me is like, but Stacy, then when it's time to start your, uh, Asian distribution, <laughs> film distribution, oh, yeah. DVD company. You can make the deals. You could be the Wolf of Wall Street calling and being like, I want Tale of Two Sisters and I want it now. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean that's the that would be the pipe dream of it because there that's something I fantasize about a lot. Is like there's so many movies that haven't been released here in the West, period. Or there's so many that haven't been released since Tartan Asia Extreme. And I'm like, I want these movies. I want new versions. I want them cleaned up. I want special features. I want to run a company that does this. But yeah. I don't know. I can't even come up with chopping block categories.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: just, <you> know. <laughs>
0: just don't drink the pumpkin spice coffee before right. <laughs> before yeah. you try to source Whispering Corridor 6. Right. There you go. Could make these things a little bit more
1: possible. I see. I have to secrete it. Right?
0: Yeah. yeah. There you go yeah <laughs> put that on the secretion board
1: right my like, god we've been talking about korean for like 20 minutes
0: oh yeah oh yeah. oh right oh well well hello uh
1: hello was that boring for everybody <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> forgot we we're still recording yeah uh, it's fine what next week we'll be back
0: yeah it'll be spooky and scary
1: Yeah, man.
0: Maybe some bad masks. Who knows? We'll find out. It's Halloween. Enjoy a pumpkin spice. That's right. Just don't have too much.
1: I'm a cautionary tale.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you are.
1: Yeah. (laughs) In so many ways. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Okay, gaylordsofdarkness.com. You know the drill, right? You sure do. Okay. (gasps) Annyeonghaseyo. kissy.
2: i <laughs>